Anybody, hey, yeah, there is more, so we can watch that at the end if you guys want to. How many, uh, how many of you can relate to that guy? You, you have been a rage monster before. I hope you've never done anything like that before. I hope not. No bowling ball through the window, a pick through the tire. Well, hey, here's the reason, the reason I show you that, the reason I ask you that is because, well, let me ask you this. Show of hands, anybody in here ever been angry before? Anybody in here ever done something kind of stupid when you were angry? Yeah, we, we all have. Anger is a natural emotion. It's one that every single one of us has. And the reason we get angry, let me give you a simple definition here. The reason we get angry is because our expectations don't line up with our experience. What we've got in our head, the way that we think things should go, the way that we think things should happen, when those things don't actually play out the way we want them to, we get angry. I, and I know when I moved out of my house, my dad found out real quick that I used to get angry, and the way I decided where I was going to hang posters in my, wall, in my room depended on where the hole was in the wall where I had punched the wall. Because I would get mad, my expectation didn't line up with what actually happened, and I'd get angry, put holes in walls. We, we all have times when we do that, but the fact of the matter is, that's exactly where we find Jonah tonight. If you remember last week, we've been walking through the book of Jonah, and last week we found Jonah, and, and Jonah's angry. Jonah is a guy that God came to him, and God said, Jonah, I want you to go to this city. I want you to tell these people this message, and what did Jonah do? He ran away. Jonah went the other way. He said, God, I don't want to do that. So he ran, and he did everything he could to avoid God, what God wanted him to do, but then God finally got his attention, so Jonah decides, I'm going to go. I'm going to do what God tells me to do, and he does. And he delivers this message to Nineveh. And in that process, God decides he's not going to destroy the city. And now we find Jonah is angry in where we pick up tonight. What we see here, what we saw happen last week, is we see a picture of the gospel in the Old Testament. Okay? Bear with me for a second there. You see a picture of people who were evil. They had sinned. And God said, you need to turn to me or there's going to be consequences. And in the Old Testament, we see that they actually listened to the message of God. They turned away from their evil. They turned towards God, and God forgave them of that and didn't, didn't send the punishment that he said he was going to send. Guys, that's a picture of the gospel in the Old Testament. We don't have Jesus there. Jesus hasn't been born yet. He, or physically, he hasn't sacrificed his life yet. But that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the heart of the gospel turning away from your sin, turning towards God and God giving you the grace and forgiveness that you don't deserve. That's what we're looking at here in the book of Jonah. And as we've read through this, I hope you've seen that, that as Jonah has done this, after he finally decided to follow God, this is a point in time where Jonah should be rejoicing. God has forgiven the people of Nineveh. God has shown grace and love and mercy to the people of Nineveh. And this is like we celebrate when somebody makes a decision to put their faith and their trust in Jesus. When somebody puts a public display out through baptism that they have put their faith and trust in Jesus, we celebrate that. We clap. We cheer. We're excited for them. That's where Jonah should be right now, but that's not where Jonah is right now. Jonah's not on the same page as God right now because his expectations for God don't line up with his experience of what's happening in his life. And Jonah's angry about it. So we're going to jump into Jonah chapter 4 tonight. I hope you've got your Bibles. If you don't, there's a whole bunch of them on the table back there. But Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 4 is where we're going to be tonight. Let me ask you guys the couple questions I normally ask you. First of all, who wrote the book of Jonah? 
we believe it was Jonah. There's some scholars who say it wasn't because it's written in the third person, but we also see Moses did the same thing in some of the writings that he did. So theological studies show us it was most likely Jonah that wrote this book. Do we know when he wrote it, when we think he wrote it? Come on now, I ask this question every week. When, when, do, we, when do we believe the book of Jonah was written? Yes. Say that again, Chloe. 753 to 782. Yes. A lot of scholars tell us you get kind of in the mid-range there. Around 760 B.C. is when we think it was written. Now here's the trick question. Do we know who he wrote it to? No, we don't. Do we know where he was when he wrote it? No, we don't, and that's okay. But what we do know is that God made sure this book was included in the canon of Scripture because there's things in here that we need to learn about God and things in here that God teaches us about ourselves. So Jonah chapter 4, I had asked someone to read tonight. Are, are you ready to read tonight? All right, come on up here, Miss Riley. Miss Riley's going to come up and read Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. I'm going to ask you guys to stand in honor of the reading of God's word. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? This is why I ran from you to tarnish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to anger and filled in, in unfailing love. You are eager to turn from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. The Lord replied, is this right for you to be angry about this? All right. Thank you, Miss Riley. Pray with me, guys. God, we thank you for the opportunity we have to be here today. We thank you that we can spend time in your word, God. I thank you that we can worship you through all these different ways, your word, through prayer, through song. And God, I just pray that as we spend time in your word tonight, as we look at Jonah and his anger, God, help us to understand who you are. Help us to understand who we are in light of who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Miss Riley. And, and some of you, I've told you before, if you're interested or you'd like to volunteer to come up here on a Wednesday night and read, I would love to have you do that. Now, for those of you who are wondering, why didn't we start off singing tonight? Well, because worship doesn't have a set pattern every single week. So we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to be singing, but we're going to be doing it at the end tonight. So Jonah, chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Let's step back and walk through this. It says right there in verse 1, It displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. So Jonah's upset with God. Is that a fair statement to say? Y'all got to wake up. I know it's Wednesday. You got two days of school left this week. Jonah is angry with God. Do you remember why he's angry with God? Besides the fact that I just told you. Do you remember why he's angry with God? What? He wanted who to die? The Ninevites. Everyone else saved you. You're good to go. It says this in, in Jonah chapter 3 verse 10. This is the verse we ended with last week. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Now, we talked about this last week. Up until this point in time, the Ninevites, they were known to be pretty bad guys. Remember, we talked about chopping off heads and putting bodies on spikes in the sun and all kinds of just 
bad stuff. And, and that evil or whatever else evil they had going on, they were pretty cruel according to what history shows us up until this point. But God sent Jonah to share a message with them and they listened. They listened. They heard what God had to say through Jonah and it changed the way that they acted. And as I said just a few minutes ago, now the Ninevites were on the same page as God. They were turned towards God, but Jonah was no longer on the same page as God in this situation because he was angry at what God had done for them. So without raising your hands to answer this, I want you to think about this question. Have you ever been angry with God? I mean, there's a lot of people in this world who are angry with God, and some people, if you ask them, they've got absolutely no problem telling you that they're angry with God and why they're angry with God, and, and there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, some people that I've talked to, they're, they're angry with God because their marriage ended in divorce, and they think that that was God's fault. There's people who are angry with God because they lost a, a family member or a friend, somebody they were really close to that died, and, and God could have prevented that had God wanted to. Some people are angry with God because some people have had some pretty tragic stuff happen in their life. Some people are just angry, and they don't know why. Every single one of us, at some point in time, we find ourselves in a position where we have a real opportunity to be angry at God. Because there's going to be times in our lives where our understanding and our expectations of who God is and what God should do in our lives aren't going to line up with the reality of who God actually is. And it's not going to line up with the experience that we have. That's where we find Jonah tonight. Being angry with God is something that can and will happen to every single one of us. But here's what you need to understand. In that moment, when you start to find yourself getting angry with God, that's when you have to start to understand that at this point in time, my, my plan for God does not line up with God's plan for me. Think about that for a second. My plan for God does not line up with God's plan for me. That's where Jonah finds himself. He knew what he expected God to do. He knew what he thought God should do. And then God did something totally different. And now he's angry. And the question is, what do we do when we find ourselves in those situations? Well, Jonah does a great thing. Jonah actually talks to God. A lot of people, they'll get angry with God and they'll turn away from God and they want nothing to do with God from that point on. Jonah doesn't do that. Jonah actually says, God, I got a problem here. And he starts telling God what the problem is, why he's angry. He goes there and he says in verse 2, he says, He prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Now this is interesting here because this is the second time in this book we see Jonah praying to God. But this prayer looks way different than the first time that he prayed to God. The first time he prayed to God, what we found is we saw Jonah, he was praying for himself. It was in Jonah chapter 2, and it's where he finds himself in the belly of this big fish, and he starts crying out to God, and he's asking God to save him. And then he starts to praise God in that prayer, and he talks about how God heard him, how God saved him, how God brought him up out of the deep. And these words, they are words that he cried out when he was in the depths of the sea at, at, at the, the pinnacle, the top of his disobedience to God. See, Jonah had run from God. Jonah had been disobedient to the word of God. And Jonah found himself in a really, really bad place. 
And that's what happens to us sometimes. We find ourselves at the absolute bottom worst situation we can be in before we cry out to God. And then we cry out to God and say, God, help me. I can't fix this. And that's what Jonah does. And here, God hears him. And God saves him. And Jonah rejoices. God shows his grace and his mercy, his love to Jonah. He brings him up out of that belly of the fish. He gives him the opportunity to still go and do what God wants him to do. And Jonah's happy. Jonah's excited. Jonah is praising God for what God has done. And yet here we see that Jonah's not doing that when it comes to somebody else. We actually also get a little glimpse of Jonah's theology here. Do you guys know what theology is? Somebody tell me what theology is. I got a lot of... What's that? Study of God. Is that what you were going to say, Brenton? Really? Well, no. Not the same thing. It's a good answer, but you can be religious and never have a good understanding of God. There's a difference there. Theology is actually getting into all of Scripture. Not one book, not one chapter, not just your favorite verse that is on a t-shirt somewhere. All of Scripture and understanding who God is. And we start to see some of Jonah's theology here. In fact, the words that he uses here are words that we see in other places in Scripture. He talks about how God is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. If you flip through the Old Testament, you see almost those exact same phrases show up in several other places. In Exodus chapter 34, verse 6, it says, The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. In Joel chapter 2, verse 13, Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. Psalm 86, verse 5, For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Psalm 86, verse 15, But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Jonah knows his theology. He knows from Old Testament Scripture who God says He is. And Jonah even quotes some of those things right here when he's praying to God. These are truths that Jonah knows about God. And and he confesses to God that it's these exact truths. These are the reasons that he ran from God in the first place. He says, God, I know who you are. And it's because I know who you are. That's why I went the other way. That's why I didn't want to do what you told me to do. We do that sometimes. We, we know who God is and, and we know what He expects from us as His disciples. We know the, 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 the standard He has laid down for our lives. And sometimes it's knowing what that is that makes us run the other way because we just don't want to quite live up to that. We don't want to be obedient. We don't want to do what God wants us to do. And Jonah is saying right here, God, it's because I knew who you are. I know who you are. That's why I ran. And yet it's these same truths right here that are the things that make him angry. Remember, when Jonah was at his lowest point and he cried out to God and God answered him, Jonah was thankful. Jonah was grateful and he praised God for it. When Nineveh was at their lowest point and they cried out to God and God saved them, Jonah's angry. You see the difference? That happens sometimes. If you sit here tonight If you sit here tonight and you say, I've put my faith and trust in Jesus. I'm a disciple. 
and I've pledged to follow him with the rest of my life, then you know the grace and mercy that comes through the love of God. You've experienced it in your own life. But I'm willing to bet there's some of us in here tonight that even though we've experienced that and we know what an incredible thing that is in our own life, I'm willing to bet that when you see God doing that in the life of some other folks, you're not quite as grateful and thankful. You find yourself angry at God. Because we, we have this thought, we would never tell anybody this thought, but they don't deserve God's love. I mean, look, look at what they've done. Look, look at how they dress. Look at how they act. Look at how they talk. Look at who they are. Look at what they've been. They don't deserve God. And we don't say that, but we act that way sometimes. We think that sometimes. And, and what's happening here is, is, is God, Jonah's crying out to God, and Jonah's trying to say, God, what I'm experiencing from you, I knew I was going to experience it, but it's not what I wanted, so I don't really like it right now. And that's what happens when we look at people and we say, God, they don't deserve you. But you've got to remember this. If you've put your faith and trust in God, you don't deserve that either. We say, God, let them get what they deserve because that's going to be fair. Well, if God was fair, every one of us would be condemned for our sin for eternity separated from God. If God was fair. God's not fair, and I am so thankful that God is not fair. But sometimes our understanding and our knowing that doesn't line up with the way we feel about it. And that's what's going on with Jonah right here. We've got to make sure that, that when we look at other people in our lives, other people at school, other people at work or on your sports team, we've got to remember that they are just as undeserving of God's love as we are. And yet God can show them the same mercy and the same grace. And that when that happens, we should be just as excited as when God showed it to us. The same response should be there. The same heart should be there. The same excitement of, God, you've forgiven me. Thank you. Sometimes I've seen some of you in this room when that moment happened for you, you were in tears because you understood the love and the mercy and the grace of God. We should have that same reaction when God does it for somebody else. Especially the people that we think they're too far from God. That's where Jonah is. And Jonah gets to see what God has done. And if God can forgive when there is nothing about any single one of us that is forgivable, then Jonah has no react to react the way that he does. And truthfully, neither do we. And Jonah, <laughs> he's not done yet. Look at verse 3. It says, Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me. So Jonah's not just gone from, God, I'm angry at you. God, your, your, what you did didn't line up with what I expected you to do. Or actually, it did line up, and that's just not what I want. Now he's saying, God, take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. He says he's better off dead than to see God do what he has done. How much do you have to hate someone to say that? Think about that for a second. How much do you have to hate someone to say, you know what, I would rather die than see them to come to faith in Jesus Christ? That's pretty extreme, isn't it? Now, I'm not saying anybody in this room does that. But maybe. I don't know. See, Jonah, he's in a place right now. The problem is, is Jonah is fa focused on himself. 
He was thankful to God for sparing his own life, but he is angry at what God has done when God decides to spare the lives of other people. You talk about expectations not lining up with experience. That's why we get angry. That's why Jonah's angry with God. That's why we find ourselves angry with God. Guys, that's why we find ourselves angry with each other sometimes. I mean, those of you that have younger brothers or sisters or older brothers and sisters, think about the last time you had a fight. You had an expectation that something most times, nine times out of ten, at least in my house, that something would not happen, and then it does happen. Somebody goes in your room and touches your stuff, and you didn't want them to go in your room and touch your stuff. So your expectation doesn't line up with your experience. And that happens over and over and over. The problem is, is that when it comes to God, we get angry at God, and what we're not understanding is that our expectation is because we don't have a clear understanding of God. Because God doesn't change. God is consistent always. That is why we saw Jonah say, God, I knew you were going to do this. That's why I ran in the first place. Because God does not change. God is consistent. It's us. It's you and me. We're the ones who change our understanding and our expectation. And when those things don't line up, it's not God that needs to adjust to what we expect. It's us that need to to adjust to understanding who God is. That's what Scripture shows shows us. I'm having trouble talking tonight. That's what Jonah shows us. In fact, God calls him out in verse 4 with one simple question. He says, the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? God asks Jonah one simple question, but it's the question that reveals the reality of what's going on here. Remember, when, when we've walked through this book, one of the truths that we've seen about God is this. God is sovereign. That God is always working. He is always working His will at all times, even when it's in ways that we can't see it or understand it. To get Jonah to this point, God was working. Scripture tells us that God is the one that hurled a wind against the sea to create the storm. God is the one who calmed the storm. God is the one that appointed the fish. God is the one that caused the fish to vomit Jonah up on dry land. God is the one that told Jonah, go do this. And then God is the one that forgave, and God is the one that withheld destruction from an entire city. And and we saw from that Jeremiah passage last week that God will show grace and mercy on who He will show grace and mercy on, and God will bring judgment on who He will bring judgment on. And, And we don't get to really make that call because it's God. We simply have the opportunity to align our understanding with who God is. And when we get angry, it's when our understanding doesn't align with who God is because God doesn't change. God is consistent every single time. And it's when that expectation doesn't line up with our experience that we've got to adjust. So here's my question for you tonight, and I'm not going long tonight. My question for you is this. Is your experience with God Is it lining up with who God is? Is your expectation of who you think God should be lining up with the way that you actually see Him working in your life and the lives of other people? But see, sometimes what we do is we we consent to Scripture mentally with our head. 
We say, okay, God, I know this is, this is the truth, God. I know this is what your word says. And God, I believe that. But then when it actually comes to living it out day to day and seeing how God works in our life and, and, and scripture tells us, scripture tells us in there, he says that we are supposed to be holy as God is holy, right? Is that part of scripture? Okay. So now, are there ever times in your life where your experiences, there's things that you're involved with, there's music that you want to listen to, there's movies that you want to watch, there's thoughts that you want to have, there's websites you want to go to that do not cause you to be holy. And you get irritated because you know what God expects. But you don't want to have that experience. You want to go after what you want to go after. See, there's times in our lives where that happens And my question to you is tonight is this. Have you acknowledged God mentally and refused to follow him with your heart? That's what Jonah had done here. Now, I'm I'm not saying Jonah didn't have a relationship with God. I'm simply saying in this instance, Jonah's expectation for God did not mesh with his experience of who God actually was. Is that where you are tonight? We can go through Scripture and we can find example after example. Some of you in here tonight, you are like Jonah. You are angry with God because what you've expected from Him has not lined up with your experience. You've experienced His love in your own life. You've been forgiven. You've experienced that mercy and that grace. And then you've watched God do the same thing for somebody else that you don't really like. And it's made you angry. You need to remember, I didn't change. And you're right, that's not fair. What's not fair is that God forgave you. What's not fair is that God forgave me or any of us. And yet God does that for every single person that would put their faith and their trust in God. Some of you here tonight, you don't know what expectation to have for God because you don't have a relationship with God. That can change tonight. That's what we're talking about all the way at the beginning, the gospel of Jesus. We are separated from God by our sin. That is why Nineveh was under threat of destruction from God because they were evil, they were sinful, they were people who were chasing after their own desires and not after what honored God. And God said, Jonah, tell them to turn to me and they won't get what they deserve. That's the gospel of Jesus. We're separated from God from our, by our sin. We're separated from birth. And there's nothing we can do to make ourselves turn towards God. It is God that draws us to Him and calls us. And He sent His Son Jesus to pay the penalty that we owed. He died on a cross. He paid for our sins. And then unlike any other God or religion you will ever hear, read, or think about, He rose from the dead. All those other gods, they're dead. Jesus is not. And he offers every single one of us forgiveness that we don't deserve, that nobody deserves. And I want to tell you, if that's you tonight and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, you can do that tonight before you walk out of this room. You can do that sitting in your seat right now. You don't have to wait on me. There's no magic words. I can say a prayer. I can guide you through it. But there are no magic words. It's simply admitting that you're a sinner, believing that God raised Jesus from the dead, and confessing with your mouth that he is Lord of your life from this moment forward. And then God starts to work on you. And then you start to learn the truths of who God is. 
And over time, your expectations of God will begin to align with his word and his will so that your experience is right where God has planned for you. That's my prayer for every single person in this room tonight. God has a plan for your life. God has a will for your life. And if we will simply align our expectations with who God is and the truth of Scripture, we will see God do incredible things. Not just in our own life, but in the lives of people around us who desperately need a relationship with God. Let's pray. God, we thank you. God, we thank you that we can come together. Thank you that we can have this time to sit down and and to spend a few moments just working through your word, God, and what it says to us. And God, my prayer is right now for myself, for every single person in this room, God, that for any of us that are sitting here tonight, as, as we stand up, as we respond to your word through singing, through worship, God, my prayer is that... my prayer is that if our expectation is different than our experience with you, God, help us right now to align our expectation with who you are, with the truths that we know about you in Scripture, not just for our own lives, God, but help us to have that desire to see and expect and want to be a part of you working in lives of people around us. The people that we don't like, the people that we don't know, the people that drive us crazy, God, the people that we don't think deserve your love. God, I pray that you will give every single one of us a heart to know you and to follow you and to see you work not just in our lives but in the lives around us. And, and if you're here tonight and, and maybe that's a struggle for you, you've been angry with God because you've seen God doing some things in people's lives and it's been incredible things but it has made you mad because you don't really care for those people. I want to challenge you right now. I want to challenge you to do something different. Spend a few minutes and get on your knees and pray for those people. Because when you begin to pray for someone, especially someone that you don't care for, God begins to change your heart. Ask God to give you a heart for the people that you don't even really like. So that you can see God work, not only in them, but in yourself. If you're here tonight and you don't have a relationship with God, you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, I want to ask you on one of those yellow cards in the back of the chairs in front of you, I want you to write that down if you want to do that tonight, and I would love to talk to you. Just come up and put it in this basket, and I'll be following up with you. But don't walk out of here tonight without letting God do what God will do. Change your heart. God, we thank you for this time to just sing praises to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.